I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I don't some bad hat, Harry. It's a cool show. Get any of that? Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful day. From your life. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we're not reviewing a season of television, so that was already a lie. We are doing part four of our Quarren TV Guide. This is a, uh, a little series of episodes we've been doing today. For suggestions on what you can be watching in quarantine or isolation at the moment, shows that you should get to make time for, and now you've got some free time, um, why not watch them? Uh, so we've done parts one, two, and three already. They are out now. You can find them via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com, or on Acast. Uh, but now it's up to part four. This is the last 12 episodes uh, that we're going to recommend in this list. However, we still want your recommendations. So what we'd like you to do is send do a recording of yourself passionately uh, pleading for why we should be watching a television show that isn't on our list already. Something, a hidden gem that you think people should be making the time for now to watch. Record it on your phone, just audio or with video, whatever you like. Send it to our email address. That's contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com and we would love to include it in a future episode. We've already got a few um, submissions. We'd love some more. So you've got until probably the end of April to send those in and then we'll include them in a special uh, off-topic, hot-topic TV episode there. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about first... Is there have been a couple of updates since our last episode? Mm. In the last Quarantine TV uh, Guide episode, part three, we recommended Avatar The Last Airbender, one of our all-time favourite shows. Mm-hmm. At the time, I think we said that was on Netflix most places except Australia. It was on Netflix in the US at the time. It is as of May 15th. So, that's coming Yay. up. Um, you'll be able to watch all of Avatar Last Airbender on Netflix in the USA on May 15th. And another big one, this is one we were really unhappy about because this is one of your mm. all-time favourite shows, Damask, Happy Endings. It is. Very yeah. hard to find in Australia. Uh, it's going to be on SBS Viceland um, as of May 2nd. So, um, SBS's yeah. streaming services you should be able to find all three seasons of Happy Endings, which I'm excited about because I've not watched it properly mm. and now well, I can. I've been re-watching really? season one. And um, yep. it's amazing. So I'm very happy for everyone else. How have you been generally, Damask? Oh, I've got very exciting news, actually. Yes. Andrew and I have put a deposit down on a puppy. <laughs> on a puppy? Yeah. I thought you said property for a second. I'm going to blame the internet for that. I was like, really? Uh, <laughs> a puppy? That is a amazing. Yeah. What sort of puppy? Uh, she's a pomapoo. She's tiny. Um, pomapoo? Yeah, so she's got these big Pomeranian ears and fluffy hair and she's all black and she's beautiful. Um, but, yeah, so hopefully it'll all go to plan. We'll be meeting her on Sunday. Well, I guess that's when the podcast comes out. So when you're hearing this, I will be meeting her and then we'll, we should be getting her next week, next weekend. Oh, wow. Mm. That's some solid Instagram content right there. I'm, I'm looking forward excited. to meeting. Oh, I don't even get to meet yeah. her for ages. I know. It's very I sad. I only get to see her through the internet. That's not fair, Damas. That's not I good. Know. I mean, it is. It's wonderful news, but so good news for me. I'm just going to be jealous over here. I know. I'm sorry. How are you, Brad? I'm good. I'm good. I've, uh, I've just been busy with work, really. Mm. Um, again, like I said last week, I really can't complain about that, but I am looking forward to a weekend. Um, it's nice weather at the moment as well. We can't complain when it's sunny and nice. That's how boring life is at the moment, Damascus. We're talking about the freaking weather. <laughs> oh, well, let's talk about TV then. All right, let's do that. And actually, this next one I've been watching a lot of recently for a number of reasons. The first on our final uh, 12 episode suggestions, the first TV show we think you should be watching today is Community. Uh, I, I am in a bit of a jam. The, the state bar has suspended my license. Uh, they found out my college degree was 
less than legitimate. Well, I thought you had a bachelor's from Columbia. And now I have to get one from America. What is community college? You've heard it's loser college for remedial teens, 20-something dropouts, middle-aged divorcees, and old people keeping their minds active as they circle the drain of eternity. However, I wish you luck! Community is a comedy series sitcom with six seasons and will take you about 39 hours to watch it all in total. Uh, You can find it on Netflix now. As of April 1st of this year, all of Community is up on Netflix, I believe, all around the world, definitely in Australia, the US and the UK, I believe. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, well, what can I say about this show? It is one of my all-time favourite shows ever. We are currently in the process of reviewing it. We just did our season one review last week. You can find mm-hmm. our podcast on that, which is mostly me gushing, though there are some legitimate criticisms in there. Mm. Um, the show follows a group of community um, college students uh, who all get together as a study group, a Spanish study group in season run. And really, it's just about their connection, finding each other, working through their adventures at the community college and becoming a family for the most part. What do I love about community? First of all, it's just extremely funny. I think it's a hilarious show. The cast are all uh, amazing, very funny, incredible chemistry between them. But secondly, like most of my favorite comedies, it has an incredible amount of heart. Um, I really care for these char- characters. I care for the relationships they have with each other. Um, and as the show goes on, it really develops an incredible um, sort of energy and language. It's very meta is the word that gets used a lot in the show. It's doing a lot of pop culture references. It's doing a lot of like genre um, and homage sort of um, episodes in there. People who, even if you're not familiar with community, you may have heard of it, heard of the paintball episode, for instance, an incredible like mm. action film sort of homage that's really, really successful. That's in season one. And from there, just it keeps doing bold and interesting things. I think I'm hard-pressed to think of another comedy sitcom or any show, really, that has so many high-concept ideas and episodes that work as well as they do. We're in the middle of um, watching season two at the moment. We're about to review that next week. And there are at least a half Mm -hmm. dozen, maybe a dozen episodes in there that just do some really interesting, unusual things for a 21-minute NBC sitcom. Um, And it's just doing stuff you would never see anywhere else. And I think it's really, really fantastic. And now that it's on Netflix, everyone should check it out. What do you think, Damask? (laughs) We kind of covered all the bases there. I think, yeah, like you said, it is a show that does have a lot of heart I will warn people that the first season particularly I found the first half of season one um, I wasn't really attaching to it very much but once you push through that Mm -hmm. when you get to the end of season one and definitely into season two you get some of the best um, television episodes that have been created in the last 10-15 years so it's I think if you're a big fan of TV and if you're particularly a big fan of sitcoms um, you should definitely be watching Community you idiots yeah it is an absolute must-watch, as is our next recommendation, Parks and Recreation. Miss No! There's a drunk stuck in the slide. Sir, this, this is a children's slide. You're not allowed to sleep in here. You know, when I first tell people that I work in the government, they say, oh, the government, the government stinks, the lines are too long, or the DMV. But now things have changed. People need our help, and it feels good to be needed. Could you put your arms to your side? When and that might help you slide down a little easier. We don't Do you want to come this way? Uh, uh, okay, we're going to need you to get out. Go away. Get out of the slide. Okay? You're, Here we go. Okay, please go away. Okay, wake up. Here we go. Out of the slide. So we equally love Parks and Rec, I think. It is another NBC mm-hmm. comedy sitcom series in the mockumentary style of The Office, this one. It actually was around at the same time as Community. Uh, there's seven seasons of this. It'll take you about 44 hours to watch all of it. In Australia, you can find this on Stan. In the US, on Netflix. And in the UK, I believe, on Amazon Prime. Uh, this Similar to uh, Community, one of the things I love about this show is just its heart. I love all of the characters. I love the cast. And it it's completely sincere and wears its heart on its sleeve. Similar to Community, I think season one is a little a little rough. I really struggled to get into the sh- this show uh, more than I struggled with Community. Um, I... Even into season two, wasn't loving it necessarily, but then they introduce a couple of characters in Ben and Chris, and then for some reason, the show just starts to sing for me, and Mm -hmm. I completely fell in love with the characters. I always just got a smile out of the show, if nothing else, um, especially through its golden years right in the middle there, and Leslie Nope, if nothing else, 
um, played by Amy Poehler, is one of the best characters ever created for television. One of my favourite characters on television mm. and I will love her until the end of time. Damask, what do you think? Yeah, that was going to be my note as well was the fact that <laughs> Leslie Nope is definitely my favourite character and I think what I love about Parks and Rec is that it has such – at its heart it's just really kind um, and I think when I say that people are like, well, is it really going to be funny then? And it is and I think that's the magic of Parks and Rec is that it is – so kind and beautiful and empathetic while still being one of the funniest shows, particularly, yeah, like you said, in those golden seasons in the centre. Um, that's just – it's one of the funniest shows as well. And, and if you need something that is going to make you feel good, mm-hmm. then Parks and Rec is definitely the show mm-hmm. to be watching in quarantine. Yeah, I think it's absolutely perfect for that. And, like, the setting of this is it's just about uh, – it's like it's about small government, really. It's mm. about a little – um, yeah, the parks and recreation part of Pawnee, this small little town and how they run sort of day-to-day business. And it's got a lot to say about politics, it's got a lot to say about public service, it's got a lot to say about, you know, doing good and the role of government and and then about workplaces and family and all that. And it's, I don't know, I, th- I guess that sounds boring, but I f- like just to talk mm. about, oh, it's about government or whatever. But no, it's it's truly yeah. beautiful and well, just it's, such it's a heartwarming kind of, show. Yeah, it's about, you know, a person who believes in, you know, the greatness of what government can do or like what one person can do with, you know, democratic powers and how wonderful that is, how wonderful democracy is and time and time again coming up against the realities of politics and government. Um, So, yeah, so there's lots of no's around this woman and her group of friends and colleagues who just want to make the world a better place Um, and she inspires that in all of them. So, it's yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a pretty lovely show. Absolutely. What's next on our list, Damask? Next, we have Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Four degenerates who call themselves friends. Let's take a vote. Keeping in mind that you don't get a vote. Just brought a bar together. I have the news. I've been reading up on the subject of pedophilia. Wow, that is good news. FX presents the other side of comedy, weird sex. Is that a penis in your pants? Yeah, I've seen you at the gym. You're ripped. Don't turn this around. Yeah? Maybe I'll give you a call sometime. Terminal disease. I found out I might have cancer, so... Charlie has cancer! You poor baby, I'll be right down. You were right about that. Cancer? Goldmine. Always Sunny is a comedy. It has 14 seasons. Will take you 58 hours to watch. So in Australia, um, once again, good luck finding it. Um, Use your magic wands, you know, your police boxes, whatever you need to somehow find a way to get to it. I encourage... Just remember, we were founded as a uh, prison colony. So, uh, you know, find your roots (laughs) on that one. Yeah, find inspiration from that how you will. Um, (laughs) In America, you can get it at... Hulu and Amazon, lucky you, lucky you. And in the UK, it says here Netflix with a question mark. So I hope it's pretty. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> okay. But but this is the go. problem with it, especially some of these shows. It's just they're scattered all over the place. So we're doing yeah. our best to try and figure it out, guys. And it will change from Google like it. year to year or month to month. I mean, as we're kind of yep. recording these and rolling them out, things are changing. So who knows? Um, so the reason this is on the list, one, because it has so many seasons. It's got 14. There is plenty there for you to watch. It is one of those shows. Well, the, the first two that we've spoken about have huge hearts. This show doesn't have any heart at all. It's not about <laughs> that at all. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I certainly am attached to a lot of the characters, particularly uh, I find Charlie just beautiful. Um, but this show is about dirtbags, dirtbags, living a dirtbag life, doing dirtbag things to other people and seemingly having no conscious, conscience about that. Um, and it's it starts off relatively funny. But I think by, you know, the first few seasons are over, it becomes one of the funniest shows I have ever, ever seen. That writing team are so sharp. And I think the fact that they do have just dirtbag characters, they can do anything they want and speak on any topic with really no repercussions. Um, So if you just want something that is going to make you laugh, cry, then this is the one for you. Right. 
You've inspired me to watch Have it. Have you seen I can it, find it somehow in Australia. I've seen, I think I've seen episodes here and there. It's either been something that other people have been watching in the background or maybe a couple of episodes have been suggested mm. to me. And I definitely enjoyed it. But, you know, in this time of peak TV, trying to see everything's been difficult. Um, and it is intimidating to think mm. that it is 14 seasons worth of content. However, something in researching this up to today, I think those seasons are all about 13 episodes long. So, like, you know, digestible chunks. You could watch those over the course of a week mm. or two and get through season one, get through season two. It's not going to take – and, like, they're 21-minute episodes or whatever as well. So Yeah. And this very, very show, like, it is something that I have only ever binge-watched. So, I'll, like, you know, forget about it for, like, a year or two and then realise there's a bunch of seasons that sure. I can watch. And so, I just smash it out. And it is really fun to binge-watch, just kind of, like, just get some terrible junk food – and just lie down and just enjoy watching these people's lives fall apart because they make the worst decisions all the time. So if you're after a, uh, a big laugh but don't want to invest your heart in some characters, Always Sunny is the way to go. Absolutely. <laughs> I like it. All right. Next, we want to talk about The Sopranos. Marriage or any partnership for that matter is a give and a take. We are a family. So we're going to deal with this as a family. All due respect, you got no fucking idea what it's like to be number one. Puss, don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't have any options because you got friends. Friends that would die for you. Any thoughts at all on why you blacked out? I don't know. Stress, maybe. The Sopranos is an HBO drama. There's six seasons. It'll take you about 86 hours to watch. In Australia, you can find it on Foxtel. Uh, In the US, on HBO. And in the UK, we believe you can find it on Amazon Prime. This is a show about a mobster family, um, mafia family in New Jersey in sort of the early 2000s era. It is considered, and this is the reason really more than anything it's on our list, it's considered to be one of the best shows ever made. And it's one of those shows that I think people probably our age maybe missed. We weren't really in um, mm. in the market for an adult TV show like that at the time. We were watching Buffy at the time uh, and Scrubs no. and things like that, which yeah. we regret a lot now. And now is the time to catch up <laughs> and go back and find out why this show is so well-revered. We've already watched seasons one and two. We're planning to watch the rest of it um, for the podcast. Uh, and already it's it's obvious why the show is so loved. It is brilliantly written. It is incredibly good drama. The performances um, from the actors are excellent. And it really has inspired what HBO has gone on to do and what sort of peak TV is today. It's the forerunner of that. How do you feel about The Sopranos? Yeah, it's not an easy watch, um, mm-hmm. just simply because it is it is from its own time. And so, like, pacing and, you know, cinematography and all that stuff, like, there's glimpses of what we now come to expect from TV, but it's the beginnings of that. So, it is a little slow, but maybe that's what you want to do, like, in the evening with a nice glass of wine, watch, like, an adult show <laughs> as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, things that we've just recommended. Um, this is a little bit uh, of a higher calibre, just not in terms of like the level of TV, but I guess you can put on some fancy clothes and pretend that you've got your life together, um, which is cool. <laughs> a reason to dress up. That's why I recommend yeah. Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, you because when people were like, oh, what did you do today? Like, oh, well, I've been watching The Sopranos and can I tell you blah, 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 blah. And then you can lecture them about why they need to watch The Sopranos, which I think could build some people's self-esteem, which is great. Um, But no, it's full of great performances and it's just nice to see like where the beginnings of where we are now, what, what it was all like, yeah. I assume if you're listening to Hunting Seasons, you consider yourself a TV enthusiast. So, if you haven't already watched The Sopranos, it's really that. This is our time. This is the time to watch this. The Wire we talked about a couple mm-hmm. of episodes ago. Um, that the meek have inherited the that. earth in quarantine. Exactly. And now we get to do this. <laughs> Excellent. What's next on our list, Mask? It's gay stuff. It's Orange is the New Black. I've always loved getting clean. I love showers. I love baths. It's my happy place. Was my happy place. Yeah, you got some nice titties. Oh. <laughs> you got them TV titties. I'm done. Now get the fuck out of the way. I don't give a fuck about none of y'all. 
My name is Piper Chapman. Time to say goodbye. Thank you so much. I carried a suitcase of drug money once, ten years ago. Do you know about all this? She failed to mention the lesbian lover who ran an international drug smuggling ring. That's all good. You were a lesbian at the time. It is a dramedy, has seven seasons, will take you 91 hours to watch, and it's a Netflix original, so you can find it on Netflix. And Orange is the New Black is obviously set in a women's prison. It's about um, Piper who um, she gets involved in some illegal activity, ends up going to jail for I think it's something like 14 months as an original sentence. Um, and as a middle class sort of white woman, what that experience is like for her, that's the point of view of the show starts off, but it, it definitely branches out and makes sure to include a lot of other perspectives and stories in there along the way. But that's the original premise of the show. Now, when this show came out I watched the first season like all of the first season every day for about I don't know a couple of weeks like I just like would finish the first season start again I was obsessed I loved it I couldn't believe what I was seeing so it takes place in a women's prison it has a very diverse and interesting cast um and I just, I couldn't, and it has queer content, which is, I'm all about that. So my dreams had come true. Now, does it maintain quality over those, well, it's seven seasons, but it feels like 7,000 because the seasons are so long. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't maintain quality, but it is kind of, gets a bit soapy, gets a bit um, absurd, Lots of ladies kissing. Um, some political stuff is in there if that's what you want as well. It's, it's a mixed bag. It's a lolly bag. Um, there's a couple. <laughs> it's quite a lot of those black jelly beans that no one wants, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, Perfect analogy. But <laughs> orange is the you, new black so jelly much. bean. That's that's the. <laughs> Yeah, but it. I would say like watch the first season, enjoy it, and if you want to continue, go for it. Um, and it does have, from what I remember, I think I blacked a lot of it out. It does have a pretty satisfactory ending. Am the I last season that? is good. Yeah. I, like cool. we've talked about a million times before, shows are defined by their endings. And I think the last season brings it home in a pretty satisfying way, considering mm. how wield, unwieldy it got there in the middle at times. Ooh, but overall, yes. I think it's a, it is a very good show. There's some really enjoyable characters in there probably more than anything else. I think mm. there are certain characters you will attach yourself to that you'll really yes. enjoy their stories for the most part. And you'll um, want to know where they end up, which I think is what yes. propels so many of us through those seasons as we go along. You really you're right. You're absolutely right. You do get attached to quite a few people. Yeah. And Natasha yeah. Leone is in it. So Exactly. Yeah. It's it's quite funny at times. It's quite unfunny at times as well. Get ready for a bit of a cry here and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if you're up for a bit of an emotional ro- roller coaster like that, I think this would be a good show to watch. Similar to Sopranos, actually. Maybe watch one or two episodes of A Nice Time. Don't try and binge it. Maybe the first season only, as you said, you loved it that much. Mm. Um, if nothing else, just watch season one, I think. Yeah. That's the way to go. Uh, what's next, Damask? Next, we are talking about the US office. All right, Jim, your quarterlies look very good. How are things going at the library? Oh, I told you, I couldn't close it, so... So you've come to the master for guidance? <laughs> Is this what you're saying, Grasshopper? Uh, actually, you called me in here, but yeah. All right, well, let me show you how it's done. Yes, I'd like to speak to your office manager, please. Yes, hello, this is Michael Scott. I am the regional manager of Dunder Mifflin Paper Products. Just wanted to talk to you manager on manager. Right, done deal. Thank you very much, sir. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. My mistake. It is a comedy series, has nine seasons. Will take you a perfect 100 hours to watch. In Australia, you can find it on Stan. In America, on Netflix. And in the UK, on Amazon Prime. So I watched The American Office. It had already been on the air for a couple probably like four or five seasons. Um, I was living at home. I watched, I somehow magically found some DVDs. They appeared in my room and I started watching it. Wow. And I was going through a heartbreak at the time and I loved it. It was just a godsend. 
I like Parks and Rec. It has a huge heart. I think the first season in particular is, like a lot of these shows, rough, um, particularly because I was very familiar with the UK office and loved that so much. The first episode in particular is, is terrible. Yeah. Just ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I love the UK office. I was like, eh, Americans are doing it. Fuck the Americans because that's how the rest of the world feels. Um, but I loved Michael Scott and I, you know, everyone loves Jim and Pam. I'm not a huge fan of them. I find them, you know, quite boring. But I love Dwight. I think, you know, that show has one of the most beautiful and honest depictions of heartbreak that I've ever seen while being very funny at the same time. Um, yeah, so once again, if you need a lot of hours to fill, you want to feel good, you want to feel connected to other people and, like, we all have kind of these universal experiences while, like, the circumstances are different but we all feel those things and you want to have some lovely, warm-hearted validation, something like The Office is perfect for that. There are 201 mm. episodes of this show. Yeah. That's a lot of content. You could just watch this show. You'll probably get all the way to the end of the year. That's true. If you did one of those a night or something like that. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get you a long way. All right. My big question for you, you love this show dearly and you've been trying to get me to watch it for a while. Mm. Well, I just want to know, we've mentioned three NBC comedies from the same lineup in this episode today. Mm-hmm. What is your ranking of Community, Parks and Rec and The Office? Where do you place them in your list, in your hierarchy? Well, what's the hierarchy? Are they my favourite or the best? The favorite. ones I think are the best. My favorite. Oh, let's do. I, I'm interested in both of those. That's interesting. Okay. Um, my. I'll start with favorites. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Yeah. My favorite is Parks and Recreation, The mm-hmm. Office, then Community, mm-hmm. and then I think it would be a reverse of that for best. So I think it would be Community, The Office, right. Parks and Recreation. I think. Yeah. Wow. There you go. There you go. I like that. That's really interesting. You can. Like the, the differentiation in like quality and ambition versus just what you're attached to the most. That's wonderful. Mm. Well, what's yours? Okay. Uh, well, I haven't watched The Office, so it's hard for me to say. Community True. is my favorite. Community, I yeah. think, is the best. That being said, like I think although Parks and Recreation's final season is like a little bit of a letdown, um, yeah. Parks and Rec is solid like the whole way, except for the way mm. it starts, I think. I said for seasons one and two, whatever. The first and last once- seasons I was not happy with, but yeah. Yeah. But it's really solid through the middle. Whereas Community mm. has that terrible season four. <laughs> yeah. Right in the middle of its run. It's like it's you a different sort of scenario. You can't blame it for that, you know? But that's the thing. It's like if I look at it like the parts of the community that I love, I love dearly. It's my favorite and it's the mm. best. For me. For me. But boy, I love Parks and Rec. Okay. Yeah. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Let's keep going. Next on our list is Fringe. Mm. Olivia Dunham, FBI. Most of what I'm about to show you has not been made public. Intel that's classified above top secret. They're calling these events the pattern, as if someone out there is experimenting, only the whole world is alive. Anything, anybody you need, you can have. His name's Walter Bishop. My father. He worked out of Harvard. He was part of a classified U.S. Army experimental program in an area called Fringe Science. You're telling me my father was Dr. Frankenstein. So much happened here. And so much is about to... Fringe is a science fiction television mystery show. It's got five seasons. It will take you approximately 100 hours to watch, apparently. You can find it in Australia, some of it at least, on 7 Plus of all places. Apparently in the US and IMDb, 
BTV. And God knows we're in the UK. This is a real Google one, guys. <laughs> Wherever you are in the world, good luck. Because I'm having a hard time finding this. At different times, it was on Netflix at different times. I've seen it on Netflix. It's a sort of show mm. I feel like should be on Stan or on Amazon or something like that. I have no idea where it is. But if you can find it, I really, really, really enjoy this show. It's a sci-fi mystery series in the vein of The X-Files. Um, uh, it starts off just an interesting place. It's like uh, about these sort of agency who start investigating paranormal or fringe science events. And so every week is like a monster of the week thing. Something mysterious happened. Um, what caused this and where did it come from? Um, it's got a really fantastic cast. An Australian in Anna Torv playing Olivia Dunham. She's our lead. Uh, Joshua Jackson as Peter Bishop. And then another Australian um, that is John Noble, I should say, who played Denethor in The Return of the King, mm. if everyone's fans what of Lord dickhead. of the Rings. He plays Walter Bishop. He is a dickhead in, uh, in Lord of the Rings. But let me tell you, you will fall in love with um, Walter Bishop. He is wonderful. An eccentric scientist type guy whose brain has been really messed up by his own experiments and by drug use and stuff like that. He's quirky and like inappropriate and fucking amazing. The performance from John Noble is exceptional. It's At first, it's just that mystery of the week sort of show, and that's fine. And I got through season Mm. one or most of season one just on that, and I sort of fell off. And then somewhere in season two, the talk was this show just got amazing. This episode happened, this thing happened, and mm. it changed the show forever. So I went back to and watched a couple of like the recommended catch-up show episodes, and then they were 100% right. In the middle of season two, and it's not bad before that, but in the middle of season two, some fucking nut stuff happens, and then the show is just one of the most interesting science fiction television shows I've ever seen that then demands a whole other level of performance from our actors that mm. is like, Mwah. it is... Really exceptional and exciting. Does it maintain that all the way through? Not necessarily, but I found at least the first four seasons to be really good. I never quite finished season five, and season five takes things in a different direction. It sort of is set in the future a little bit. Um, there's a bit of a time jump and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, but I've been mean to get around to finishing it off, but I've, I've been mean to go back to Fringe myself because it is really, really great science fiction. I think a lot of people, if you're into the X-Files, if you're into like uh, those Monster of the Week type shows, even like your Buffies and stuff like that, not that there's like action like Buffy, but it's it's great. It's great science fiction. This is a great little show to, to discover now, I think, and go back to and really appreciate. Mm. Have you ever watched Fringe? Oh, well, it's funny you said that. And I, I have told you this in the past and you were not happy with me. I've watched one and a half seasons and I literally stopped on that episode that you're talking about and I never went back. What? I know. I need to watch it. As in that show turned you off? That episode turned you off or you just happened no, to like just, fall I off the No, I just forgot about it, I think. I think like, you know, stuff uh, happened and I just, yeah, didn't go back. But um, but I've, it's something I've always wanted to watch because I love Anatov. Obviously, I love Joshua mm. Jackson, a.k.a. Pacey, my mm-hmm. only boyfriend that I will ever want to have. Um, yeah, it's got Australian actors in, sci-fi show, I'm down. Like, it sounds like my perfect show, but I just haven't got around to it. But I will. Excellent. Uh, speaking of Joshua Jackson, what mm. is next on our list, Damask? Oh, I don't want to wait. It's Dawson's Creek. I just don't think it's a good idea for me to sleep over anymore. Why? You've been sleeping over since you were seven. It's Saturday night. Things change, Dawson. Evolve. What are you talking about? It is a teen drama. It has six seasons. will take you approximately 128 hours to watch. In Australia, you can find it on Stan, in America on Hulu, and in the UK on Amazon Prime. Now, I don't need any of those streaming services because I have the box set, since one through six, with special features. Now, do I have a DVD player? No, I haven't had one in years, but I cannot throw my Dawson's Creek DVD box set out. I fucking love this show. <laughs> and, you know, the first season I think is really good. If you want to be taken back to 1998, there is no better way, no better <laughs> way than watching James Van Der Beek pretend to be a 16-year-old. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. We've got Michelle Williams in quite possibly her mm-hmm. worst role ever. I had no idea she was such an accomplished actress until years after Dawson's Creek had finished. Um, but I, because I ha- fucking hate her character, Jen, in the first few seasons of Dawson's Creek. Spoiler alert. But then she gets really good. Anyway, this show is all about awkward teenagers who are far too articulate for their age. 
um, discuss their relationships, their sex lives, you know, all the drama that it is to be a kid in the 1990s. Um, eventually, we go away to college and those seasons are not good, but I still love them. <laughs> because We have Busy Phillips in uh, playing Joey's best friend, which is amazing. I honestly never... I, is that at college or in the early parts? That's in college. Oh, I never made it that far. Yep, yeah, cool. she, they, they live in the same dorm together, which is the biggest oh. dorm I've ever seen. It's literally the size of my house now. Um, anyway, it's, it's just fun and it's stupid. And if you want to get maybe intoxicated in any way you want to and watch Dawson's Creek, I think it'd be a pretty good time with your friends. For a little bit housemates. of 90s nostalgia, a little bit of like teen cringe like if you're a fan of like what if you're like a fan of Riverdale or something like that these days have you enjoyed the new Sabrina which could you go back to Dawson's Creek do you think and enjoy that for what it was I think if you went back you would be surprised at how much character development and follow-through there is in old Mm -hmm. teen dramas whereas now it's just like oh no someone's been murdered again who? Mm. What? What is the mystery with little to no character development other than people turning evil? Whereas Dawson's Creek, you know, it's all about you know finding out who you are, what what it means to be a friend, to be a lover. You know, it's all about that, and it's beautiful. Um, so I think you could. And if you can become Steven Spielberg when you grow up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, you know, I would also like to recommend One Tree Hill. That's another one I love, but I think it brings the, sh- the show down um but so i love those types of shows <laughs> and i i kind of want to rewatch all of one tree hill again because sophia bush is my one true love um but yeah no i think it's just a bit of fun and i, I can't really say any more than that because it's not great television but i think I, it's I, really I'll sweet i'll say this much you got me to watch dawson's creek back in the day you lent me your cherished dvds and I watched, I think, the first three seasons through. And you know what? I enjoyed it. I did like it. Yep. I, it Is was that a because good show. And like, we were in high school and you wanted to fuck me? And you're like, you possibly. know what? I'll put in the work. <laughs> <laughs> That's the least I can do to get laid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I think, uh, what's her name who plays Rachel? No, uh, who plays Joey? I was in love with her as well. Mm. Oh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, thank you. Yeah. Um, absolutely in love with Katie Holmes at the time as well. Mm. Big Joey fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh you and can go I go back just... to those dames of crushing? Yes, go on. Can I just say that the character of Pacey, it's some of the best character development ever, I think. Like, he's just this poor little scamp with a heart of gold who's just trod on his entire life and he just wants to be a good man. And if you're at home feeling lonely and you want to watch that love muffin just blossom, do it. Just do it. I love how we've had talked about The Sopranos and uh, Orange is the New Black on this episode. We've not talked about any show more than Dawson's Creek. So far. <laughs> All right. What is next on our list? All right. We have Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm Buffy the Vampire Slayer and you are? One girl in all the world. A chosen one. One born with a... Th- oh. Buffy Summers, class protector. Now, this is not going to be pretty. We're talking violence, strong language, adult content. Where's the game? Avengers Assemble. Let's get it going. Why do I put up with this? Because it is your destiny. What are you going to hit me with now? Whatever's handy. It is a teen fantasy horror. It has seven seasons. will take you 144 hours to watch. You can find it in Australia on Stan, in America on Hulu, and in the UK, I don't know, buy it or Google it. Good luck, guys. I believe in you. Now, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we both bonded over this show when we were teenagers. It came out when we were quite little, actually, pre-teens. Yeah. Um, and I loved, because the first season came out at a normal time, like 8.30 at night. And I loved watching it with my brothers. It was so much fun. And then because Australian TV is fucked, it I don't know, ended up being on a weird channel at like 11.30 at night. So I couldn't watch it until years and years later on DVD. And it changed the way that I viewed television. I think the way – it was the first show that I watched and went, this is really good. This is a good show. It's got – a great story. Um, it has characters that grow and develop in a really organic way. 
um, in really complicated ways a lot of the time. The cast is incredible. The writing is something of its own, which I had, I don't think I realized that until years later when I was very into, you know, reading articles about Buffy and in-depth reviews and in-depth studies about like the importance of Buffy in the television landscape that I realized how much their vernacular really helped create this universe and this tone Mm -hmm. that I had never really seen before. Um, Yeah, it's the first show that I really fell in love with and attached to as as a fan. Like I was so invested not only in what was in the show but then like extending my knowledge of things about it because it was just like I wanted more and I could never have enough because what they were giving me was so fucking good what do you have to say about Buffy bro yeah Buffy for the longest time was my favorite television show um I probably love it actually for similar reasons that I love community in that I love the characters I love the writing I love that it's ambition in terms of doing such interesting things like there are some Mm fantastic standout episodes that have not been that people have tried to match in some ways but have never been able to beat whether that's the musical episode once more feeling in season six whether that's hush which i think is in season four um which is one of my least favorite episodes of the season at least in seasons of the show i should say but one of the best episodes of the television show Mm -hmm. whether it's tabula rasa whether it's like they do all these crazy interesting things and like hit them out of the park so often there's just some fantastic television in there some really standard episodes the body might be one of the top five episodes of television ever made mm-hmm. i had yes. to talk about that um when i was doing film and television studies i talked about the body and like because it because it stands oh, i won't get into spoilers but it just stands out as a completely unique episode of this television show but also it's not throwaway it's integral to the plot mm-hmm. if you don't have this episode if you don't watch this episode, you're missing out on a whole lot of stuff for these characters mm-hmm. in this story. It is exceptional television. In the way that people talk about The Sopranos, which I haven't watched, it's harder for me to, to really expel how important that is. Um, Buffy, absolutely, is so important for the way that te- television developed, for what we expect from television, the quality of storytelling, the quali- quality mm-hmm. of writing. It's it's just brilliant. I yeah, love it to it, bits. It I've been meaning its- to rewatch it for a while. It's left its mark in like such a huge way. Unfortunately, I think a lot of the people creating shows that clearly echo from what Buffy was. Um, mm-hmm. So you were talking about Riverdale and all that, those types of shows and Sabrina, they have like a basic element of what Buffy was. You know, we've got your fantasy, your horror, you know, your sci-fi elements and stuff it, within a or lay it on top of a teen drama of what it means to be mm-hmm. like coming of age and figuring out who you are and all of that stuff. Um, I think it's unfortunate that a lot of those shows get stuck in the novelty elements of that genre and don't yep. focus on the characters the way that Joss Whedon and that creative team did, which made it, you know, that's why it impacted so many people. Yes, it's cool television. Yes, it was like, you know, had all these cool kind of vampire transformations and, you know, um, digital shit happening that we hadn't seen before. Does it age particularly well? No. But <laughs> it was it was really cool at the time and even now it's kind of cute to look back on it. Like, But they get lost in that. But this show really is about though that set of characters dealing with some really fucked up shit, creating that family, which, you know, a through line mm-hmm. of a lot of shows that we love have that integral yep. family that grow and bond with each other as the seasons go on. Like, it, yeah, once 100%. again, the show has a huge, huge heart and it's just really exciting to watch. And I think, honestly, it's the perfect thing to binge in quarantine <laughs> to make you feel powerful Definitely. but also connected. Um, great one to go back to if you've watched it before but been meaning to go back to it. If you've never seen mm. it before and are interested in television and the roots of television, fantastic time to watch that as well. I'll say this much though. Season one is not is a little bit clunky at first, but it is a shorter season, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only like 13 episodes, I think. Uh, then, and then some of the digital stuff might be a little bit wonky. If you Like it started in 1999 or whatever it was. Yeah. Like, give it a break, guys. And then... Also, it's worth noting that the versions that are online these days are a little bit strange because this show was filmed intended for the 4x3 original square-ish television standard. They've since Mm -hmm. tried to remaster them, quote-unquote, for the 16x9 sort of widescreen standard and there's some really weird quirks to that in terms of some really strange Mm. colour 
um, like recoloring digitization there. They open up the shots that were never like the parts of the shot that were never meant to be on TV. You can see like crew members and stuff in the background mm. sometimes. That's not the show's fault. That's the fault of the people who want to rush this out or do a shitty job transferring this to widescreen. So I was watching a video essay about that the other day, actually about someone just discussing um, how upsetting the <laughs> the remastered um, yeah. versions were because it was happening before a time when, you know, people who own the property would come in and do a really good job and kind of celebrate it the way they've done with Star Trek and stuff. Um, and this yep. person, it was kind of just like, you know, a bunch of like random people coming in, helping out and just like a lot of it was just automated with, when we're talking about like color grading yep. and stuff. Um, and yep. so because it's done and, you know, now who owns Buffy now? Hulu's got it currently. Um, no, but I think but like, like was it a Fox production and then does that mean Disney owns it now? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, but yeah, then but- it went to it went from there to the ABC for seasons six and seven, I think. So I'm very I don't know who's got it these days. But yeah, so now that the a remastered version exists, there isn't really a pull for those whoever owns it, the parent company, to order a remaster, which obviously would cost quite a bit of money to do it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this person was just talking about like how upsetting it is and how like fans all need to kind of like start communicating how much like a good remaster of this show is important. Like it's a really important show and it absolutely deserves to have a, to have a proper remaster. Let's move on. You should watch Buffy. Go watch Buffy. Uh, <laughs> next, we're recommending you watch Doctor Who. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. He's a legend woven throughout history. He has walked this universe for centuries untold. He has seen stars fall to dust. Where are we going? The most dangerous place in the universe. Into darkness. You might want to find something to hang on to. When disaster comes, he's there. I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm the Doctor. I am the Doctor! The man that stops the monsters. So when I say Doctor Who, I specifically in this case mean the newest version of Doctor Who, the version that started in 2005. Uh, This is a sci-fi adventure series. There have currently been 12 series of this. It'll take you about 148 hours to watch it all. You can find it in Australia, mostly on Stan, I believe, on Amazon in the US, and on Netflix and BBC iPlayer in the UK, I believe. So there is the original Doctor Who, the stuff that started in the 1960s, um, originally in black and white, the first, I think, seven Doctors are in that. And you can go back and watch them if you want, but that's not what I'm necessarily recommending because I haven't watched that myself. Doctor Who is very much, it's about a, an alien named the Doctor. He is of a race called the Time Lords, traveling, I say he, she now as well, traveling in his spaceship slash time machine through time and space with human companions going on amazing adventures. Um, This is, I think, a great show to watch if you're just looking for something fun yet uh, satisfying, an adventure show, something that's funny but also dramatic when it needs to be. There is just so much great stuff in Doctor Who. And when we talk about shows like Buffy or Community, which can have these incredible standout individual episodes that mm. really are incredible works of their own, they don't need the rest of the... You don't need to see the rest of the show to really get it. Doctor Who has that in spades. Some mm. of my favourite individual episodes of television come from Doctor Who, just incredible little sci-fi nuggets or ideas that get... Um, developed into really cool stories. There's also some not so good ideas. The one thing about Doctor Who is it swings for the fences and it swings hard and sometimes it misses badly. But Mm. if you start in the right place, if you help someone guide you through it, I think you'll fall in love with Doctor Who the same way that I did. And I would recommend that anyone who loves a bit of science fiction, anyone that lives a little bit of fantasy, anyone that loves adventure um, would really, really enjoy Doctor Who. What do you think, Damask? Yeah, so this is another show where I started watching the first season on Australian mm-hmm. television and then first couple of seasons and then kind of forgot about it um, and then binge watched it later when there had been a few seasons out. And I think during that time it was um, the Dr. Donna section, which is – Yep. What What is that, like season three, four of New Who? Season, season four. Season four. Um, 
And I just fell in love. I was obsessed. I'm literally surrounded by all this Doctor Who merch as I'm talking that I bought during that time because I just, I fell in love with not only the Doctor, who I think is like easy to be, he's very charismatic and easy to kind of be like, oh, I would love to spend time with him. But I really grew to love the companions and seeing, you know, the the universe through their eyes and through their experiences. And I think, yeah, the creative team at during those years um, from season four, I think onwards, it's really amazing story storytelling some of it is like mind bending and mind blowing and you got to really kind of work your brain a bit to figure out exactly where everything fits but it is so satisfying when you do and when it and it takes you along with it it's not obtuse at all it's not a fucking Westworld. um it definitely takes you along it is a children's show which i think we have to remember but these really kind of interesting companions that stand on their own that add a huge amount of heart and love and humanity to Doctor Who um so yeah I just I fell in love with this show it was inspiring at times it was scary at times uh, made me cry made me laugh did all the things that you want out of a tv show and there's so much of it so um, there's definitely a, a version of the Doctor and a version of a companion that you will anyone can identify with agreed here is my suggestion for people who feel intimidated about starting this show and we're saying, oh, you don't necessarily start at the start, you start in the middle and blah, blah, blah. Here is what you do. Followed my advice. <laughs> you watch the first episode of series five called The Eleventh Hour. It is an amazing introduction to the idea of the Doctor. I think it's a perfect introduction to Doctor Who. You then go back and watch the season three episode Blink because it's amazing. If you don't love that episode, you're not going to love Doctor Who. You then go ahead to season four and you watch a two-parter called Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead. And then you go back and watch the rest of season five. And if you're not in love with the show by then, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. But that'd be my recipe. Uh, I think it. that's a perfect way to be introduced to the show, introduced to the mythos, to get enough sort of your sink your teeth into the ideas of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And then from there, do what I did. It's a bit like time travel. You go back and forward, you know, through the series and sort of make your way through it. I started at season four, basically, and then went mm-hmm. backwards from there and then caught back up as it started going in the right direction again. It's like, you can, it's fine to do it that way. That would be my suggestion. What's next on the list to mass? This next one actually is a bit of an interesting one. Mm, all right, so it is The Dungeon Run. So this isn't a typical TV show. Um, it's actually <laughs> a YouTube show. It is, I guess, fantasy. We'll call it role-playing fantasy. It has currently 39 episodes, but they're constantly coming out. So by the time this is released, it might have 55. Who knows? Um, it'll take you 150-plus hours to watch. There is so much content here. And obviously... If you have access to YouTube, you have access to the Dungeon Run. So what this is, it is a group of actors, performers um, who are playing Dungeons and Dragons. And while that may sound boring, they have this beautiful set. The production values are nuts. Beautiful set. Mm -hmm. They have incredible um, models made up of, you know, certain scenes and battles that they're going to be participating in. They're all like voice actors and stuff, so they embody their characters as they are speaking. And I think if anyone has been – well, I think this will be good for two types of people. One, if you just love and appreciate Dungeons & Dragons already, I think you get a huge kick out of this. And two, you've always been like kind of curious as to how it all works. I think it's a really easy way to jump in and be like, oh, like – it's hosted by the the dungeon master is Jeff Kanata, who is I think we both love him. I think he, mm-hmm. we share many opinions with him in regards to film and television and just polit- politics as well. He's a very mm-hmm. big hearted, lovely guy, um, and he brings that to his role as dungeon master. So he inhabits and takes up the roles of everyone else within the world and narrates the whole story. And then we have our actors come in. And at, at the beginning, I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is fine. But these people do such an incredible job because it's all improv of helping you get to know their characters, having genuine responses to the situations that they're in and forming these really beautiful bonds with each other. It's, I mean, I've watched a couple of d- online D&D games 
This is definitely, I think, my favourite. One, a big part of that is Jeff Kanata because I think he's just great at being a DM. But also just like the characters that they've created and the way that they've kind of allowed them to grow in really beautiful, earnest ways. I agree. I think I've not watched all of it through. I've watched Mm. Dipped In here and there. My brother watches it pretty religiously. Um, But even just doing that, it's hard not to be impressed by the skill of these actors, the the how moving it often is. Like for an mm. improv thing, like I've watched a few scenes and gone like that. It was genuinely heartbreaking or touching. Yeah, I've or cried. It might be. It's made me cry yeah. <laughs> watching it. This is yeah. just and like this is literally people sitting around a table, just talking, just improving through, talking through a scenario, talking mm. to each other as their characters and rolling dice to see the outcome on certain actions and so forth. Um, but, yeah, Jeff does an amazing job of building this world, illustrating this world. Mm. The actors all do an amazing job of playing within that world. And I think the thing that sets us apart as well that's worth talking about and why I bring it up as like a TV show almost is like mm. the most famous D&D show out there is Critical Role, which is, don't get me wrong, is great. And mm. I, I understand why people love that show as much as they do. But in terms of its production values, it is literally just watching like what is essentially like three or four or five webcams set up. These, it's like a what, looking at Zoom with like gallery mode on whatever. It's like it's just multiple things all at once. There's no mm. editing taking place there, nothing like that. With the dungeon run, they sit around this table, but it is shot like it's on a stage. It's shot like mm. a multi-camera sitcom where there's a camera for Jeff and a camera for individual actors that will do zooms and slow fades and like a crane. There's a fucking camera on a crane that will move around the table. And it makes it feel so much more dynamic and mm. like you're watching a television show, essentially. Yeah, and the score is beautiful. Value. I think like it's really yeah. beautifully scored and can mm. help you feel like, yeah, moved or if there's like a high tense like battle scene, like you really feel like the, the atmosphere that they create, the, everyone working on that show, it's like 10 out of 10. It's so fucking good. And I don't think they yep. get the views that they deserve for what they're producing. It's insane. I would recommend this show. You can just watch it. Just watch it. I think it's a perfect show or thing to have on the background while you're doing something else. So say mm-hmm. you're playing a little bit of Animal Crossing on the Switch or you're doing a jigsaw or something like that, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. have this on the background, get a little bit absorbed in these characters. You'll find yourself stopping whatever it is you're doing to pay attention to what's on the screen more often mm. than you realize, I think. I, it's just a perfect like thing to have on to fill that mm. void, that sort of emptiness that can be around at the time where there's not much else going on. I think it's really, really good and you'll really love Obviously, it. Obviously, it's not applicable now in the world we're living in, but I actually watched it a shit ton of it. I download I did the YouTube premium free trial or whatever for 30 days mm-hmm. just so I could download a shit ton. I had like 17 hours worth of content of Dungeon Run just so I could watch it on a long haul flight to India. <laughs> and so I was just oh, sitting perfect. there and it was it was so engaging, but it wasn't like taking a toll. You know, when you're on a long flight and you break down the time of like, well, that movie's going to take two hours, blah, blah, blah. And it feels like it takes forever. These episodes go for like three hours, four hours each. So you just kind of, it just takes you off and it's perfect. Lovely. All right. Finally, our final Quarren TV recommendation is Star Trek The Next Generation. Star Trek The Next Generation is beaming aboard the airwaves. All the wonder, the excitement, the drama of Gene Roddenberry's original Space Odyssey. Welcome to the Enterprise. With all new adventures from the 24th century. With an all-new Enterprise. This is nothing like any vessel I've seen before. And an all-new crew. Star Trek The Next Generation is a sci-fi drama series. There are seven seasons. It will take you approximately 178 hours to watch. And you can find it all on Netflix, I believe, everywhere at this point. Of course, Star Trek The Next Generation is sort of the updated version of the original Star Trek. So if you think of like Captain Kirk and Spock on the Enterprise back in the 1960s, this is sort of the 1990s update of that. Uh, It's still the Enterprise. It's no longer Captain Kirk, though. It's Captain Picard. This is a funny one because I've actually not watched not watched that much of this at this point. <laughs> I'm bringing this up because this is what I am kind of doing or wanting to do mm. at the moment. It's a show I've been meaning to watch forever. It's a show that gets from different sorts of people talked about in the way that we talk about Buffy, I think. It's talked about as being one of those shows that's really influential for them, not necessarily because it was pushing 
the TV making forward necessarily, but because it's storytelling, it's character work, the way it explores ideas, and as a science fiction television show, it was doing things that others weren't. Uh, mm. People have a real attachment to this show, and I've always been a little bit jealous of that. Um, at times, I've tried to convince myself I'm not nerdy enough to be a Trekker. Bullshit. I... Uh, it's Trekkie, I, mate. Trekkie. Well, that depends who you ask. I'm not going to. I don't know enough about this word, but apparently there's like there's debates on Trekkie versus Trekker. Real? That's oh, not, okay. That's not for me to decide. <laughs> I want to talk that's, about that. All right. That's not for me to decide. Okay. Uh, this, yeah. Another reason I want to get to it as well is because Picard has just come out recently, and a lot of people are very mm. excited about season one of Picard. And I was like, geez, I would love to catch up and watch some The Next Generation to really know who that character is before I try, try and dive into that series. Mm. What I've done and what I'm recommending to people is not necessarily watching all of it, though you could certainly do that. I think that would be plain rewarding. What I was able to do was find a guide online, people who are already fans of this show, who have rated every episode between one to five stars, essentially, and then I'm watching everything that's three stars or up, basically. So, we're Mm. talking about either episodes that are decently good or are very important to the plot up to the must-see absolute best of the best episodes of the show and sort of got rid of the ones that aren't important or maybe don't hold up anymore. So what I'm actually mm. recommending is not watching 178 hours of Star Trek Next Generation. You may be watching somewhere closer to 70 or 80 hours of Star Trek The Next Generation. But it's an incredible way to catch up with what is a touchstone TV show, I think. And I'm doing it. I'm really enjoying it. I'm only into season two so far, but I'm I'm really loving it. You've watched a bit more of this than I have, I think. No, I watch Voyager. Oh, Voyager, right. So, mm. of the similar era, but after or alongside the next generation Voyager, I think? I think it's after. I'm quite sure it's after. Sure. Did you Do you think there's anything about your experience watching Voyager that would apply to the next generation? I mean, obviously, it's just guessing, but what did you like about Voyager? Um, well, I tried to re-watch some Voyager probably a couple of years ago now. I was a very different experience I think I forgot Mm -hmm. how kind of slow and a little hokey it is and also Mm -hmm. very wholesome um which is fine I think that's great but it wasn't like high octane or super engaging just like because I started watching it from the start again so I don't even think I finished season one um because I was like oh it's just not doing it for me I think if I probably um did it the way that you have done next gen. That's probably a better mm-hmm. way to do it, I think, to just at least attach yourself to it. And then you can go back and really enjoy it. But with shows that are a bit older now, sometimes it can be really hard. So I, I don't have a huge desire to watch next gen or any kind of old Star Treks, to be totally honest with you. I don't think you're wrong about some of it being hokey or clunky or slow. I think next generation is like... There's this deliberate idea that everyone is very level-headed. There Mm. is like a severe lack of emotion and even humanity, you might argue, which is an interesting thing to have in a television show, at least in the parts that I've watched. However, Mm. it is ridiculously optimistic as well. This is Mm. a show that's all about this idea that somehow humanity and the earth and the rest of the cosmos has reached a point where there is virtually no war, where people do not require things, where class inequality is not a thing, where racism is not a thing, all this sort of stuff. Um, Which, I got to tell you, right now... (laughs) <laughs> it's a very comforting idea to think that maybe there's a way that humanity, and they talk about this, the 21st century is not a good era for the human race in um, Star mm. Trek, uh, that somehow gets through its dark days and is able to evolve and, and enlighten itself and go somewhere a bit better. Um, and they're nice. very optimistic about that. That mm. is that is quite intoxicating when I am watching it. So it might not be for everybody, but I think doing the way that I have, finding a guide mm. online, I will share mine in the um, notes, the show notes of this episode. Um, finding online and watching select episodes that way I think there's a lot to enjoy about Star Trek Next Generation and now is a great time to get to it and that's it that is something like 48 episodes we've recommended of television over the last um, four episodes of this Uh, that's yeah that's a lot of TV so hopefully you can find something in there that you want to watch but of course We're not quite done. If you have a recommendation, if there's a show that we haven't listed here that you think people would love or should get to Mm. and now is the time to do it, please record yourself talking about it. Send that our way at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com and we'll include it in a future Off Topic Hot Topic episode of the podcast. 
Anything else you want to say, Damask? Um, just happy TV watching, everyone. Take it easy. Don't stress yourself out. This isn't another assignment that you have to complete. No. <laughs> Don't be stressed. Just find, I don't know, one show and give it, a, give it a whirl. I think that's a perfect way to end this. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss Community Season 2. I'm very much looking forward to that. In the meantime, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Good night, everybody. Absolutely. 